And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. According to a study by Christianity Today, one in 10 Protestant churches experience embezzlement. How is financial mismanagement in the body of Christ so common? And is there a practical way to hold ministries accountable? Well, today we will discuss these issues with Dan Busby, president of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, also known as ECFA. The primary goal of ECFA is to enhance trust in churches and ministries in the areas of governance, financial management, and stewardship. Dan, welcome to our show. Well, Rich, thanks for the opportunity to be on today. Dan, I'm delighted to have you here. As an attorney, I work with many, many churches and not-for-profit ministries, and uh, I see mismanage of finances oftentimes. Sometimes it's intentional, and oftentimes it's lack of experience or lack of staff to be able to handle um, all of the responsibilities that now come uh, with uh, the regulations that govern churches. Tell us a little bit about your ministry, and tell. And I view this, by the way, as a very important ministry of the church and of the standards that ECFA has. Yes, well, it, uh, we're in our 40th year, and so 40 years ago, uh, there was uh, there were some attempts to to pass onerous legislation at the federal level that would have uh, impacted uh, churches and nonprofits uh, in a significant way, and. A number of Christian leaders came together uh, in 1979 and said we need to form a a, a peer accountability group that uh, could monitor churches and nonprofit organizations and help keep the federal government out of our organizations. And so that's that's how it began. Um, in, in 1979, a, a group of 150 charter members joined in 1981. Uh, the standards were established at that time covering governance, financial management, and fundraising or gift administration, as we might say in the, in the church world. Um, standards were enhanced in, in the 90s, and, and here we are 40 years later with over 2,300 churches and ministries that have that have ascribed to these standards and and given ECFA the authority to to come into their church, into their ministries, and look over their shoulder to be sure that they are complying with high standards of accountability. Well needed, and thank you for uh, keeping the government off our backs in this area. What are these standards that uh, ECFA requires? Well, ECFA's Seven standards are simple, but but not simplistic. And uh, while all of ECFA standards are important, um, I think complying with four provisions in ECFA standards are most important to keep 
your church or ministry off the social media and the Internet. And I'll just uh, roll through those quickly. First of all, governance by a board that is primarily composed of independent individuals. You know, ECFA requires this board composition because we believe a board primarily composed of non-family members, non-paid staff members, is more likely to make decisions in the best interest of the church or ministry. And so a primarily independent board. And then number two, sound policies in setting executive compensation. Most church and ministry leaders are not excessively paid. In fact, uh, many in the church world especially are, are paid very modestly. So ECFA doesn't set limits on compensation. In general, the federal government does, does not do that either. But we do prescribe a process, a high-quality process for setting compensation. We call it the ECFA policy for excellence in compensation setting. And following that policy uh, regarding who approves executive or senior pastor compensation, the use of comparability data, and the board's awareness of compensation paid to family members, we think is vital for proper accountability over the compensation setting process. Uh, Thirdly, avoiding conflicts of interest uh, in related party transactions. If a church or ministry enters into a business transaction with an insider, say, selling or buying land, for example. Uh, The individuals with a conflict of interest must be excluded from the discussion and the vote on the transaction. Comparability information should be obtained, and the governing board must determine that the transaction is in the best interest of of the organization and, and document that properly. And finally, number four, the proper handling of restricted gifts. It seems so simple uh, that gifts that a donor would give to a church or a ministry for Project A should be used for Project A. Uh, but but so many churches and ministries uh, find that very confusing and end up receiving gifts for Project A and spending them maybe for the light bill. Um, I, see so, it. I see it so often. I, I absolutely agree with that. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyer for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we are speaking with ECFA President Dan Busby about financial accountability, about trust, about setting ministries in proper order, and as Dan said, so that they don't appear on the internet in the newspapers in a negative light. Um, Dan, so you've just given us the four standards. There are three others, and one of those is doctrinal issues. Give us a little uh, background on that as well. Well, uh, uh, Rich, our first name is evangelical, and 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 while that that word um, may have uh, fallen into misuse in, in some quarters. Uh, we do not hide from the fact that we are an evangelical organization and our members are evangelical. They they commit to a basic evangelical statement of faith, um, and it is, it is that evangelical faith that is the glue that holds ECFA together, and that's why you haven't seen organizations like us form that that cover all religions, for example. And so, so we are we are unashamedly evangelical. And I, I'm an evangelical myself. I'm an Anglican evangelical. I put it though it, as as I don't have your statement in faith in front of me, but certainly the lordship of Jesus Christ, the um, 
centrality of the scriptures in in teaching us and in doctrine, um, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are there other things that I should be mentioning with regard to evangelicals? Well, those are the basics, Rich. Uh, you know, evangelists, where the word evangelical comes from, are, are people who believe in sharing their faith with yes. others uh, so that others can know uh, the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Exactly. I, uh, let's, let's move on here. There, there are so much to talk about. Um, so ECFA serves both small and large churches. Um, oftentimes I find that small churches don't have staff or they don't have the training or the manpower oftentimes uh, for some of these accountability principles. How do you work with them? Well, uh, because of our requirement for year-end financial statements prepared by independent CPAs and the costs uh, associated with those services, smaller churches generally do not qualify for accreditation. And large churches are becoming certified by ECFA at a rapid pace. In fact, today over 45 of the 100 largest churches in the United States are certified by ECFA. So when we, when we think about serving the smaller churches, we have established a program we call Church Excel. It's a monthly digital resource that we provide through podcasts, webinars, videos, ebooks, and more. And the good news is that these resources are free, and individuals can sign up for these resources on our website at ecfa.church. And, and many of the ebooks are translated into Spanish and Korean, which uh, we find to be uh, find to be a real need. So what you're doing there is, even though they will not be certified because they can't uh, meet some of the strenuous requirements, including an audit, you, what you're doing is making these principles available to everyone so that uh, small church administrators and treasurers and, and those people who are accountable actually can uh, learn the principles that um, you're really requiring and which are necessary for good governance. Is that, do I have that right? That, that, that is exactly right. While our members get uh, access to our full library of resources uh, through Church Excel, uh, churches are, are, can, can access many of the resources and, and, do, it, and do it for free. Uh, mostly small churches don't have a budget to send someone to a national conference or a regional conference. They need digital resources that they can access right there at the church, and, and that's, exactly, that's exactly what we've done. Um, we've, some, of our, some of our print resources, for example, uh, my latest book with co-author John Pearson, Lessons from the Church Boardroom, was just released, and, and those resources um, can be acquired by, by churches small, small or large. Um, I was in Dallas for the uh, the XP conference, and the the coordinator David Fletcher said, "The church of 500 today is more complex than the church of 2,000 20 years ago," oh, and, no and that's how that's how complex things are getting, even for smaller churches. Well, give that website one more time, and uh, before the break. So, how if they want these resources, how would they get them? Um, go to the uh, the website ecfa.church and they will see a, a page that will come up for Church Excel. Coming up we will talk further with Dan Busby of ECFA about the practical steps to financial safeguard your ministry. I'm Rich Baker and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. 
Sometimes, Jesus used the law to make a difference, and so must we. In his book, Jesus in the Courtroom, author and attorney, John Mauck, shows us how to engage our modern legal system for the good of the kingdom. Jesus in the Courtroom discusses the need for faith-filled lawyers in order to protect the church and what good can happen when we partner with Christian legal professionals. To order your copy of Jesus in the Courtroom, find it at Moody Publishers or go to JesusInTheCourtroom.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney at the firm of Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with regard to their legal needs. If you missed part of the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we have been speaking with Dan Busby, president of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. We've been talking about um, trust and about running our ministries and churches uh, in an accountable and a um, transparent way. But it's more than just finances. It's about governance in general. So, Dan, give us some idea of what um, the ministry is doing with regard to governance. Yes. Um, you know, when, when we see issues arise in a church or a, a nonprofit ministry, it may be in the financial management area, it may be in the gift administration area, but nine times out of ten, it will go back to the board, and the question will be, where was the board? And, and it's the board that's responsible to, to set the, the guardrails uh, for the ministry and, and establish uh, standards of, of accountability. And so often uh, the board goes with self-accountability. And, and because that governance is so important, ECFA in our 40th year has designated that year as the year of excellence in governance. So by the end of the year, we'll have wrapped up five print books. Um, we will have completed many videos, and we're conducting eight one-day forums across the United States to, sh- to simply shine a spotlight on the importance of good governance. Well, give us some of those principles of good governance. Well, as I shared earlier in the, in the program, starting with, um, with a board that is primarily independent, um, a board that, uh, that provides appropriate attention to setting the compensation of the top leader, avoiding conflicts of interest, um, you know there 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 are good board practices that uh, that go beyond our standards in in the latest book that I wrote lessons from the church boardroom. You know John Pierce and I write about the importance of spending eighty percent of a board's time looking forward and only twenty percent of the board's time looking backwards. But if most churches and ministries looked at their board minutes, they'd probably find it was just the other way around eighty percent of the time looking back and not much time looking forward. When you talk about boards, I think one of the areas that I've certainly seen in my practice in representing churches has been that there's this undue respect for the uh, senior pastor uh, couched in spiritual terms that he is the leader from God and so therefore to dissent or to have a different view is disloyalty. How do you address that? Well, for, for excellence and governance, there must be proper respect of the leader by the board, and there must be proper respect of the board by the leader. 
it 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 can't be one way or the other or or the or the board and the leader are out of balance and so so the the the, the leader and the board must work in concert uh to uh, to lead uh, either a church or a ministry where do you see that coming up in the scriptures that that a board has that accountability um I, I don't have the, those scriptures on the on the tip of my tongue. Um, I, I do know in Second Corinthians four or five it says, uh, "Remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus to you." And and to me that means that that Jesus Christ is looking for errand runners who are accountable to God in governance. Good governance, resource raising, and and resource management. You know, when you say that, I think of uh, short-term vision and long-term vision. And many yeah. times, people sitting on a board have a very short-term vision. We have a crisis in front of us right now. How do we get out of it? And that crisis often looks to short-term solutions, which are um, actually cover-ups for what's going on or not paying attention to the real problem. And, I, and I'm reminded of the scripture which always said, what was done in secret will be shouted from the housetops. And so often we see that now, that boards unwilling to face the real uh, problems that they have and just burying them ultimately will bring great um, shame to the body of Christ. So, so I would agree with you with regard to the responsibility of everyone sitting on a board uh, that they have an obligation not only to their to the board and, and to the leader of the church, but also to Jesus Christ and and to His name and His honor. So, uh, can you imagine? You. Uh, can you imagine those? How long ago those scriptures were written about shouting from the housetop? That was before social media and the internet uh, came into view. And I was speaking last week to a group of pastors in Dallas and about a certain topic, and I said. When you make these kind of decisions, you can pretty well be assured that they will become public. And so today, yep. whatever we do, will probably become will be shouted from the housetops. I really believe that. You know, in a lot in my practice, not only in the area of financial responsibility, but also in the area of things like sexual abuse in the church and things like that, uh, we've yep. seen a lot of those problems. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with ECFA President Dan Busby. And we've been talking about accountability. We've been talking about um, finances that are crystal clear. Uh, let's let's ask a question that I'm working with. Um, what are the telltale signs that finances are not being handled properly with a ministry or the church? Well, there there are a number of of those signs. Uh, I was talking with a, a church leader just the other day. The uh, the finance manager went on vacation; hadn't been on vacation for several years, but took a two week vacation, and they found church offerings increased uh, suddenly during that two week period. That's because she had been skimming. Um, a certain amount off of the offerings every week, and so uh, when when there's an aberration in the in the amount of giving, uh, we always hope it'll go up. But but if there's an aberration up or down in giving, uh, maybe there's an aberration up or down 
in expenses. Uh, maybe expenses are running higher than than what we anticipate, and that's because the the church treasurer is writing checks to themselves. And so, so any aberrations, um, you know, uh, you know, unusual entries in the bank reconciliation that are too often not reviewed, um, and and these days with digital giving. It is so easy for somebody at the church or ministry to contact the the provider of the services of the online services and say, you know, we've we've changed our checking account number, and and so I need you to to redirect the digital gifts uh, to the new account number, which of course just turned out to be the treasurer's personal account number, and then they switch it back in a few days, and and so maybe the church or ministry won't miss a few days of digital gifts. And so they're they're just a host of those kind of uh, telltale signs. Well, certainly one of the telltale signs would be if only one person is responsible for uh, accountability for the finances or for the collection plate or, or things like that. Yes, um, yes. What else would you say is a telltale sign? You, you mentioned expenses. What kind of expenses would you be looking for? Well, um, I'd be I'd be comparing, watching the comparison between the budget and actual expenses, so that if expenses are unusually high on a certain line, you'd take a look and see. Well, why why are they high? Is is that legitimate? Um, because uh, you know the the expenses that might be diverted uh, fraudulently. Um, undoubtedly are going to show up on some line in the financial statements, and so so it all starts with with good budgeting, and and then good financial reporting and comparisons uh, to the budget uh, to to determine if the, if they simply make sense. There was a uh, further comment that you made in the beginning with regard to um, leader compensation. How does that yes. factor in here? What are you looking for with leader compensation? Well, uh, you know that there there are controls on on the compensation that's set, but uh, but we're looking to be sure that that all the payments to the leader that are taxable are reported as taxable. Uh, there may be fringe benefits that uh, that might go one way or the other. They might be tax deferred or tax free or taxable, and and so all the transactions. That relate to the leader, the uh, the personal use of a church-owned vehicle, and and on and on, uh, just to be sure that that everything that is taxable is reported on the form W-2, um, and the items that are not taxable uh, are, are not reflected there. But that that is where a lot of churches get in trouble is is missing the the reporting of certain fringe benefits, uh, love offerings. Um, and the and the like uh, that that can be a real problem area. Dan, thanks for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about ECFA and get their church or ministry involved? Well, Rich, we have two websites: ecfa.org for the nonprofit side, ecfa.church uh, for the church side, and our toll-free number is one eight hundred three two three nine four seven three. We'd uh, we'd love to hook up more churches with Church Excel, and we'd love for more churches and nonprofits to apply online through our easy, we call it the easy application process. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's malkbaker.com, M-A-U-C-K. 
B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website or subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus Radio for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney with law firm of Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.